Welcome to episode 160 of the Truth Quest podcast, The Truth About July 2021. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the Democratic Party, government monopolies, COVID-19 vaccine, Senate filibuster, or modern monetary theory comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including Google Play Music, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Writeon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and scroll down and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. As discussed in episode 156, The Truth About June 2021, the NSA was exposed for spying on Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Carlson was unmasked by the Biden administration as he attempted to secure an interview with Vladimir Putin. The response throughout the month continued to be crickets from the alphabet soup conspiracy media and members of Congress. Many of the people in that same media disliked Carlson immensely. However, what Carlson described on his show was extremely serious. He said that a journalist and a third party both contacted him to say that his emails were being leaked. He said that one email, where he was seeking to secure an interview with Putin, was literally read back to him. As Jonathan Turley said, quote, You do not have to like Carlson any more than any other media figure subject to such actions to be concerned over such alleged unmasking and distribution. This should be part of a bipartisan inquiry discussed in the Judiciary Committee. Trump gave a speech at CPAC. YouTube preemptively blocked the live stream of the speech, you know, because he's the devil and has been banned from all big tech sites. One of the themes of his speech was why I am suing big tech for censorship. Assassins claimed to be DEA agents assassinated the president of Haiti in his house. His wife was shot and left for dead but survived. As of this recording, no definitive conclusions have been drawn on why he was targeted other than speculation about ex-Columbian soldiers acting as mercenaries. But for who? That's the million-dollar question. As much as I detest President Biden, he finally did what three other presidents should have done, gotten our boys and girls out of Afghanistan. I guess the 20-year war is finally over. Can't wait to see how historians reflect on this one. You bomb the shit out of a country because they allow a group of terrorists to reside in their country, who then flew planes into buildings in America and killed over 3,000 people. Then what? Based on the Russians' experience in that country, we what? Repeat the Russians' mistake by staying in that godforsaken country for 20 years? I gotta tell you, the people who get elected in leadership roles in this country at the national level are either a bunch of imbeciles, paid off by defense contractors, or the establishment is just too entrenched to make any real changes. Massive protests broke out in Cuba. Biden says nothing for days. Jen Psaki finally comes out and says demonstrations are due to lack of medical supplies and COVID-19 vaccines, which is weird because the left has told us for decades that the Cuban healthcare system is one of the best in the world. You know, Michael Moore and Bernie Sanders. 
Then, a few days later, Saki says, quote, Communism is a failed ideology. Wow, that must have been some meeting where they mustered the courage to utter those words. Authorities in Cuba censor and cut off the internet so protesters could not organize. Sounds like what we might be facing in the U.S. at some point. Two rappers whose songs supposedly sparked the protests have disappeared in Cuba. The Biden administration remains silent. No demands for their release. Amidst the protests in Cuba, the Biden administration issued a stern warning to Cuban refugees seeking asylum in the United States, making it clear that they are not welcome here. I guess the National Democrats are only open borders when it comes to the southern border. Why do you think there's such a disparity there? Why do you think Syrian Christians were denied immigration while Shia Muslims from the same region were welcomed during the Obama administration? After all, the Cubans and the Syrian Christians certainly were facing situations that warranted asylum, whereas most migrants at the southern border are just looking for a better life for themselves and their family. No need for asylum. Later in the month, the U.S. Coast Guard announced the return of 27 Cuban refugees to the communist country. They were caught attempting to navigate to Florida on two separate vessels. Do you know what will happen to these people when they get back to Cuba? I mean, this, this administration is cold and evil. Listen to episode 143, The Truth About the Massive Voter Drive at the Border, for some background on why there's such a disparity between migrants from different countries. If you want the Cliff Notes version, consider the voting habits of the three groups mentioned above, and you'll understand why the National Democrats oppose to and welcome the other with open arms. The forensic audit in Maricopa County, Arizona wrapped up in July. Auditors revealed that the county has refused to turn over necessary items, including routers, chain of custody documentation, and images of mail-in ballots. What's more, 11,326 voters mysteriously appeared on voter rolls after the election, and 75,000 ballots were reportedly received but had no record of being sent out. So let's take a step back. Biden won Arizona by 11,000 votes, but the audit found 75,000 absentee ballots that were cast in the election but never mailed out by the Board of Elections. I imagine if you are a Democrat first, America second type of person, you might say, nothing to see here. But I think everyone else might be a slight bit suspicious. Meanwhile, in Fulton County, Georgia, an election integrity group found that the hand count audit in that county, quote, was riddled with massive errors and provable fraud, end quote. Some of their findings included 3,400 votes counted twice, all for Biden, falsified vote tally sheets. One example included 59 votes for Biden and 42 for Trump, was reported as 100 for Biden and 0 for Trump. Among all this news came the news that the Pennsylvania legislature was pushing for a forensic audit of their own. Within a couple of days, resident Biden rushed to Pennsylvania to give a speech about how racist forensic audits of elections are. You know, worse than the Civil War, worse than Jim Crow. According to then-Senator Kamala Harris, Biden may have some street cred when it comes to Jim Crow. After all, she basically called Biden a Jim Crow racist during one of the Democratic Party presidential debates. The last bit of election audit news from July was the Democrat Attorney General of Michigan ordering election officials not to comply with any election audit efforts. Someone is hiding something. Riots, looting, and killing broke out in South Africa after the jailing of the former president. The country has been in a long downhill spiral for over a decade since they hosted the 2010 World Cup. They have failing infrastructure, a corrupt government, and have decided that discrimination against white people is okay. Now we can sit back and watch the country implode.
Senator Rand Paul, who has been verbally jousting with the sleazy narcissist, career bureaucrat, opportunist, fraud, serial liar, perjurer, and likely co-conspirator that funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab that led to the COVID-19 outbreak and the deaths of millions of people around the world, Dr. Anthony Fauci, in congressional testimony over the last few months. Paul has had enough and officially asked the DOJ to investigate Fauci for lying to Congress, which, of course, is like asking an NBA owners to investigate the league's financial involvement in China. As I mentioned a minute ago, Donald Trump filed a class-action lawsuit against big tech giants Twitter, Facebook, and Google. He better fast-track that lawsuit because at the rate we're going, all truth will be banned from those platforms by the end of summer. In my opinion, the biggest story of the month was the White House admitting to directing social media censorship when it comes to COVID. Free speech used to mean you were free to speak, but not in Biden's America. Now, I'm not exaggerating here. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted that they dictate terms of censorship on social media. In one three-minute sequence, Psaki said senior White House officials, quote, are in regular touch with these social media platforms. She went on to say, we are flagging problematic posts for Facebook about the COVID vaccine. They are dictating to Facebook what is trusted content, what is low-quality information, what is misinformation, and what is disinformation. She then outlined four steps that the White House strongly recommends the platforms adopt in order to report on COVID misinformation. And finally, she calmly explained that there are 12 people who are spreading 65% of the anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms, and she strongly suggested that the social media giants do something about it. All of that is shocking, but what is worse is the muted response and lack of outrage to this obvious authoritarian circumvention of the First Amendment from the alphabet soup conspiracy media and the National Republicans. They remain mute. We are so screwed as a country. Then Judicial Watch announced that it had received 2,500 pages of new documents from the CDC, well, formerly the Centers for Disease Control, but now known as the Center for Disinformation and Confusion, which revealed that Facebook coordinated closely with the CDC to control the COVID narrative and misinformation, and that over $3.5 million in free advertising was given to the CDC by the social media giant. Nothing to see here, folks. Then Twitter suspended a science writer's account after he posted results of an actual Pfizer clinical test. Once they realized how bad they looked, Twitter reversed course. Too late. Your authoritarian nature was on full display. Then Sky News Australia was suspended by YouTube over COVID misinformation. This was really interesting because over the course of the month, the Australian government essentially locked down the country, forcing people to stay in their homes, sending the military out to go door-to-door to enforce the order. Sky News is the Fox News equivalent on that island nation. They knew, the government, They knew they needed to shut down the YouTube channel in order to avoid having the world see the totalitarians ruling the nation. As a side but related note, when you hear government officials anywhere in the world use terms like misinformation and disinformation, understand that there is no definition for these things. They, the government officials, define them on the fly, and it usually means anything that they disagree with. Therefore, they are essentially squashing dissent just like communist dictators have done for centuries. When you hear government officials in the United States use terms like misinformation and disinformation, understand that they are endorsing direct opposition to the First Amendment. 
The Feds are constitutionally prohibited from censoring free speech, so they use big tech to do their dirty work, including the purge of Trump from all their platforms. Biden and the nasty National Democrats criticize and threaten Facebook and Google for not censoring enough. Even though social media has squashed legitimate questions and debate, the Dems continue to bludgeon them into submission. Of course, what the Biden administration calls misinformation and what big tech censors almost always is actual, legitimate, truthful information that Americans should be able to see. Here are some facts. The COVID vaccine trial continues. This is a vaccine trial that we are going through right now. The VAERS system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, run by the CDC, has already racked up at least 6,000 deaths attributed to the vaccine, with almost 500,000 adverse reactions reported. Now, this is a voluntary reporting system, so all of those need to be checked out to make sure that they're legit. But just understand, it's a voluntary reporting system, which means it is definitely under-reporting by a magnitude of, some, some argue is by a magnitude of 10. So you have that. You have all those adverse reactions. Then we had the FDA add a warning about neurological disorder linked to the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, this is, this is what a vaccine trial looks like. You're just, they're just working the kinks out. Then Biden endorses a plan to send federal goons door-to-door to educate the people and administer the COVID jab. Are these people completely unaware of history? Have they never heard of brown shirts? Then we had lots of conversations about vaccine mandates. The totalitarians are no longer at the gate, folks. The gate has been breached and they're running amok. Former Obama administration, Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius. If I had never heard that woman's name again, I would have been so happy. But she goes on CNN and is pushing the National Democrats' unconstitutional totalitarian agenda. In a nutshell... She is of the opinion that Americans who are not vaccinated should not be allowed to work and should be limited on where they are able to go. CNN's Don Lemon agrees. So does the New York City mayor, the communist de Blasio. And when you ask legitimate questions like, why is Biden exploring unconstitutional mandatory vaccines for American citizens while not making the vaccine mandatory for illegal immigrants at the border, you're shouted down and censored. Or when you point out that the mandatory vaccine for all federal employees, except postal workers, makes the whole thing look like an exercise in virtue signaling at the potential expense of the non-postal workers in the federal government, you get shouted down as well. I wonder if workers who die or have serious adverse reactions to the vaccine can sue the federal government for forcing them to take it as a condition of continued employment. Private employers are feeling the pressure from D.C., Walmart and Disney announced vaccine mandates for their employees. Well, not everyone. See, Walmart is only requiring it for their corporate staff, not the 100,000 people who work in the stores. Must not be too serious then, don't you think? Can you imagine the mass exodus of employees at Walmart if they tried to force store workers to take the jab? Looks like more virtue signaling to me. Again, how much money is Walmart going to have to put aside for the lawsuits from employees who were forced to take the vaccine who end up having some type of permanent adverse reaction. What about vaccine passports? Well, throughout the month, we saw protests in Europe because of their proposed vaccine passports. Britain, France, Germany, all flowed to some kind of system of segregation. 
the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. The system's coming to America, make no mistake. The totalitarians smell blood in the water. If they can push these passports, they will have the ability to track you and contact trace you. Oh man, the Soviet Union leaders of old would have loved to have this capability. If you want to learn more about vaccine passports, check out episode 149. What happened to my body, my choice? I mean, this has been a favorite slogan of the National Democrats for decades. What are we to make of this claim today? Expelling something, a baby, from your body is a choice, but injecting something into your body, a vaccine, is not. I don't get it. Then we had the mask tyrants. The Center for Disinformation and Confusion reversed mask guidance during the month, recommending that everyone should mask back up, even if they're fully vaccinated. Texas Senator Ted Cruz nailed it when he said this was the ultimate virtue signal. He explained that by doing this, the Biden administration is telling people that, that the vaccines don't work. Why get the vaccine if you're going to be stuck wearing a mask anyway? What's the point? My question is, why is the new guidance from the health experts about mask mandates not requiring two masks, since both the CDC and Dr. Fauci are on record as explaining that one mask is ineffective? And I still can't get over the fact, I mentioned it briefly, I still can't get over the fact that the Biden administration is purposely, they're moving COVID-positive illegals into communities around the country. So how worried can these totalitarian National Democrats really be about COVID if they're not vaccinating illegals at the border and they're sending COVID-positive illegals into Texas towns to live in hotels and infect American citizens? Meanwhile, Biden's out mingling shoulder to shoulder without a mask in Allentown, Pennsylvania last month. And other prominent National Democrats are seen maskless at various events. They're a bunch of hypocrites. If what we hear from the alphabet soup conspiracy media and the National Democrats is true, all of the people who refuse the vaccines are those nasty, vile, white supremacist Trump supporters. However, I would love to hear these folks explain these statistics. Here's the percentage of people that are not vaccinated in several, shall we say, blue cities and counties. Philadelphia, 37%. Harris County, Texas, 48%. Maricopa County, Arizona, 52%. New York City, 41%. Chicago, 43%. LA County, California, 70%. And guess what percent of blacks are vaccinated? The highest rate I've seen in any publication is 40%. Most studies pick it closer to 30. Speaking of COVID, why do you think the Democrats in the House of Representatives blocked consideration of a bill that would require the Director of National Intelligence to declassify information related to the origins of the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic? The COVID-19 Origin Act was passed unanimously in the Senate in May. What are these people hiding and why doesn't the alphabet soup conspiracy media call them out? During the month, doctors raised awareness of Emmermectin's treatment of COVID-19. As you might have expected, they got censored online. Just like anyone who raises legitimate questions about the virus, its treatments, such as hydrochloroquine and the vaccine. They cannot be mentioned without the risk of being banned from social media. Why can't the social media platforms allow these reports to be published? What are they hiding? The Center for Disinformation and Confusion quietly abandoned the PCR test for COVID, but not until December. 
See, the problem with these current tests is that they're spitting out an enormous number of false positive results because the cycle thresholds are too high. See, the higher the number of cycles, the lower the amount of viral load in the sample. The lower the cycles, the more prevalent the virus was in the original sample. So in other words, when they spin these things so fast, it takes a very minute piece of the so-called virus to flag as positive. But they're false positives. They're just there. They're not part, they're not causing any problems to the body. So my question is, why wait till December to officially abandon a known inaccurate test? You can draw your own conclusion, but given the level of COVID fear porn being spewed by the National Democrats and the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media these days, and the bludgeoning of anyone who refuses to take the non-FDA-approved COVID jab, I can only assume the reason is they want to keep case rates as high as possible to keep the level of fear up. This whole thing is the biggest emperor-has-no-clothes example in recent history. Think about it. The official narrative of the alphabet soup, conspiracy media, and the National Democrats is that we just experienced the worst pandemic in 100 years. It ravished the world. It was so bad that it warranted giving up basic liberties and societal norms. Thankfully, we have a cure that is claimed to be completely safe and extremely effective. And it's free. However, they are having trouble selling the cure so much so that they are actively censoring non-establishment talking points about the virus and the vaccine. They are demonizing people who do not get the jab. They have resorted to bribing people to get it, holding lotteries, and even going door to door. Most importantly, they feign ignorance as to why nearly 50% of the population has resisted getting the jab. They cannot come up with one reason why someone would be hesitant. Resident Biden, the man who supposedly received more votes than any candidate in American history, held a so-called town hall in, with CNN. It was a total bust and came in dead last in the time slot with only 1.5 million viewers, a smaller audience than MSNBC. You should have seen the picture from the auditorium. It was less than a quarter full. Meanwhile, later in the month, Trump gave a speech at Turning Point USA. And just like his CPAC speech, the line to get in was wrapped around the building. A powerful new phone spyware program named Pegasus was outed during the month. It was developed by an Israeli surveillance firm. And apparently this software has the ability to take control of your phone, your camera, your microphone. This program can launch simply by you receiving a text message. You don't have to click on anything. Apparently this program has been used to spy on dozens of politicians around the world. Former CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, went to space in July. I guess that's pretty cool. I like the idea of private money being used to do stuff like this rather than another bloated, overfunded federal agency wasting taxpayer or printed money. Let's turn our attention to the agency formerly known as the Department of Justice. It clearly no longer deserves that name given the fact that it has become a tool of the National Democratic Party. Going forward, it will be referred to as the Department of Injustice. If what they did to Trump and his associates wasn't enough to convince you that the new moniker is justified and well-deserved, then how about these events just from the month of July? The Department of Injustice decided not to investigate governors who ordered nursing homes to accept COVID-positive residents. You know, like Democrat Governor Andrew, the serial sexual harasser and killer of grandparents Cuomo, or New Jersey Democrat Governor Phil Murphy, or Pennsylvania Democrat Governor Tom Wolf, 
or the lockdown queen totalitarian extraordinaire Gretchen Whitmer, Democrat, Michigan. But they do, that is the Department of Injustice, they do endorse the continued witch hunt of Trump, issuing a dictate that Trump must turn over his tax returns to Congressional Committee. And they announced that they officially oppose election audits, as Attorney General Merrick Garland issued guidance, essentially warning and threatening states that decide to conduct forensic audits. I know I use this word a lot, but these people are totalitarians. They are tyrants. They want 100% control of our lives. They are pissed off that they got caught committing mass voter fraud in 2020, and now they want to preserve the ability to cheat again. Oh, and they find nothing wrong with public agencies and private businesses requiring vaccines for employees. Federal law, according to the Department of Injustice, does not prohibit public agencies or private businesses from requiring vaccines for employees. They don't see any property rights issues. No my body, my choice here. Take the jab because we said so. As I've said over and over again, this vaccine is not FDA approved. It's only here on emergency authorization. This is a vaccine with no longevity studies, a vaccine that has already claimed thousands of lives and caused 500,000 adverse reactions that we know of, with similar numbers coming out of Britain and the EU. If Trump-era journalistic standards still applied, we'd see headlines like this. CDC reports 10,000 deaths and over 500,000 adverse reactions to COVID vaccine. Experts speculate that President Biden and his administration may be legally liable. And the final bit of Department of Injustice news for the month, they're suing Texas because the state dared to stop the Biden administration's continued movement of illegal migrants, many of whom have tested positive for COVID, into the interior of the country. The feds are literally taking illegals from the border and putting them up in hotels in Texas. Nancy Pelosi's select committee, also known as the Dog and Pony Show, kicked off hearings. Every member of the committee voted to impeach Trump, and most have said Trump incited the Capitol trespassing event. Nothing abnormal about that, according to the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media. This is the type of shit where I call out Democrats, the, the Normocrats, as I call them. They sit quietly by while the former president is wiped off social media. They would never stand for one of their own to be treated like that. And then they sit quietly by while congressional leaders run kangaroo courts. Meanwhile, Joseph Hackett, a 50-year-old chiropractor, faces a 20-year sentence in federal prison after stepping in the Capitol building for approximately 10 minutes on January 6th. Does that seem a bit excessive, given the so-called crime? Speaking of January 6th, the day that will live in infamy, as one Democrat talking head said, and as another said, was worse than 9-11, why is it that we know everything about officers involved in shootings from the local sheriff to state troopers to Secret Service and the FBI, while still six months later, the name of the officer who murdered the unarmed Ashley Babbitt remains officially unnamed? The answer is, the Capitol Hill police are exempt by Congress from the Freedom of Information Act request. And guess who they report to and who controls them? Congress, or really, Speaker of the House. And guess which police agency is opening offices in California and Florida? Yep, the Capitol Hill Police. Why are they opening up offices when they're called the Capitol Hill Police? I'm sure there's nothing to see here, folks. And while I would like to end on a high note, I would have to be high to think anything currently going on in this country is considered a high note, 
so I'll end with an update about the monetary system. In an effort to make the public think there are no rising costs due to the unprecedented levels of federal printing of dollars, the White House bragged in a tweet that your average July 4th cookout costs 16 cents less than it did a year ago. Well, what are we to make of this? Option one, inflation in the real world is real and the White House knows people are pissed off and blame Biden. People know their grocery bill is 20% higher than a year ago. They know that gas costs 25% more, furniture prices are up, used cars, airfare, clothes. Or option two, the White House thinks the American people are stupid enough to swallow that tweet without examining their own circumstances. Or option three, Biden heard that statistic and demanded that the PR folks get the news out. After all, in his day, 16 cents was enough to buy a pack of gum and a Coke at the corner store. Then later in the month, President Biden said, quote, no serious economists are worried about unchecked inflation, end quote. He went on to express one of the most blatantly ignorant, false economic statements that I have ever heard from someone of his stature. He explained that we need to spend more to bring prices down. The definition of inflation is the inflating of the money supply. Biden and or his handlers are doing just that. Therefore, they are pro-inflation, while telling us we are crazy for suggesting such a thing. This means one of two things. Biden and or his handlers are economic ignoramuses, or two, Biden and his handlers are not economic ignoramuses and are advocating for the destruction of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy. What other conclusions can you arrive at? As for all those serious economists that Biden and or his handlers mentioned, I'd check with Larry Summers, Bank of America, Deutsche Bank, and the Wall Street Journal. And that's the truth about July 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Podcast.